Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Michael Daniels. Ah, it's Monday, Mike. I know Mondays. Mondays not too bad. I like Mondays. It's a good way to it's a good way to finish Mondays. Is our recording session? Mm, it's true. It's true. It's been uh, I I kind of a rough rough weekend. How about how about you? Yes, it was. You know what? I, I wanted I want to describe this weekend as a rough weekend, but there was so many good things and bad things. Mm. So. What was, oh wait, you actually texted me about, you had like a doggy disaster. What was up with that? Well, yeah. I mean, as, as I mentioned last week when we had Bill on, um, my parents are dog breeders, um, Mm -hmm. and my dad is out of town. So it's just my mom and my youngest sister, because it's the four of us staying here. Though my brother Andrew, who we've had on the show before, um, got back into town Saturday. So we had a little bit of backup from him and actually we have um my brother david's wife my sister-in-law and is here for a couple days you know i can't keep track but uh, (laughs) she she was here over the weekend but she's got a newborn and a two-year-old so there's not a a lot that she can really help with um but anyway anyway they have um three females female dogs who were uh, pregnant expecting and as often happens two of them went into quote-unquote labor i guess it's still called labor um like (laughs) with quotes there's there's a different within within a couple hours of um yeah, well, they don't, you know, it's like they have litters and there's whelping and there, there are a bunch of words that they use for animals and, and specifically dogs giving birth that they don't use in reference to humans. Um, sure. But anyway. Well, although I, Orlando Bloom's a whelper, so. Okay. I'm fine with people being here. <laughs> I don't. You, you didn't get that right. Okay. Right. No, you, you inside, went. Inside wow joke. Okay. I see, I see. So anyway, did um, everything go out so, okay? Was it? Yeah. So they started. Born? They both started Saturday night, like just as I had gone downstairs and we were getting ready to go to bed. Like the two of them started. I actually had just queued into a Heroes of the Storm game, and I'm like, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to quit. How I'm dare you interrupt a, my Heroes of the Storm? I'm going to get a lever penalty or something. But <laughs> anyway, so we had to we had to take shifts because they, you know. While dogs can have puppies naturally, I, I'm of the opinion that they have so many as kind of loss prevention, like under the assumption that a lot of them are going to die, which is kind of, you know, heartless way to look at it. So but... inhumane, Dennis. Loss prevention. <laughs> um, Death is just, you know, saving people is just loss prevention. You know, because their dogs don't have thumbs or anything like that. They're not like... Um, <laughs> Hooved animals like like deer like people you know the most the most um young that a that a female deer will have is two but they are born like able to walk immediately and so they're just more able to survive right out of the womb compared to dogs anyway that's i went way deep on that but the, the, <laughs> while while the dogs are having puppies somebody has to be with them supervising because um there's a whole process like, of push. like push Push if, puppy, push. There's there's <laughs> none of that, like but that. like there's a there's a there's a process my dad has um you know developed over the years 
of you know cycle and it's not you know he's researched it he hasn't like invented it but um they get if if too much time goes by and they haven't had any um and they there are still more puppies inside and they've not whatever come out um yeah there's there's series of like supplements and injections to try and help that along well we had one um one first time mom who had no problems at all had 10 puppies in the space of like three hours wait wait you mean the you mean the bitch i just wanted to say it legally on air totally fine yeah yeah uh, obviously, my parents don't use that term. That's uh, what it's the name. It's the I, I it's, know you can use it. I know. Um, <laughs> All right. All right. Fine. It's yeah. It's like one of those like ass that used to be a thing, and now like it it it's so commonly used as profanity that it's not you know it's awkward to use. Right. It's no um, longer. But it's it's now a donkey. The the other the other female the other mom that I was sitting with um, went. She had four in the space of like four hours, like really long breaks in between and then like went the rest of the night with no more. And we could tell that there were still puppies in there. Um, and how do you tell there's still puppies in there? I mean, I don't know specifically. I think they like <laughs> they just your mom was like, there's still puppies in there. my, my mom and, and little sister who have done this. You know, you know, I'm not I, I'm, not, I'm not usually called in to help with this. Usually there are enough. I mean, you of them. were definitely on the, from the bench, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, you're one of the only other adults here who is not supervising infants. So you know, <laughs> we need your help. And uh, um, anyway, long story short, that was Saturday night. So we had to um, always have at least one person. We started out needing two people until about. I want to say like three or no, it was more like 5 a.m. when the first mother was done that one person could cover it. But it was like when the basement flooded, like we had to sleep in shifts and shifts and then work. And then Sunday, Sunday early afternoon, um, they had to uh, call in the local vet to come into his office um, to give that mom that I was describing who couldn't um, to give her a cesarean section mm. is still that's the same. Puppies. Yeah. C sections, the same. It's the same as with, as with humans. Um, she ended up with, um, she had two stillborn pups that were blocking uh, the canal. And so much so, for your loss prevention program. Right. Yeah. Th- <laughs> that 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 same scenario happened once like four or five years ago. And um, my sister, not same sister, but one of my other sisters who was still living at home at the time was able to free that one from the from the canal. Uh, this is way gross. I'm not going to go into any more detail it's, than it's that. It's way grosser. And anyway, so I had to um, go with them to the Rogers bed and, and, and see the dog in surgery a whole like new experience for me but that was saturday and then um saturday and and half of sunday and other than that that was your bloody weekend yeah that was that was my weekend not not nearly enough sleep and oh yeah that i knew there was i knew there was one other kind of kind of lame thing that happened um not that 
you know, that was lame. They ended up with <laughs> four, eight, 18 total puppies out of those two litters. Jeez. Um, so pretty, Cha-ching. pretty, yeah, general success for their, for their business. They're running here. But yesterday night, yesterday evening, um, I had a, a filling fall out of one of my back teeth. Which is always Man, awesome. This was not a yeah. This is not a good weekend for you. No, no, it's not. So I ha- I put a voicemail into my my dentist yesterday, and he got me in this afternoon and got it, you know, drilled a little bit and and refilled and all good to go with that. But that's always kind of a bummer Man. when you got to get dental work done. No kidding. Well, my mine was yeah. What, similar. what about you? I was similar. I, I was doing good. Hadn't had a great Your house burned great, down and uh Yeah, that's right. Fire happens and dogs dying everywhere, cats jumping off the roof. Uh no, it wasn't bad. I just I, I had uh um had a good coffee with a good friend uh Saturday morning and took my daughter. My my, my daughter's going to away for the summer to her mom's, so this is like the last week that, that I've got her for ah. this this time and she's gonna be gone for six weeks. So I wanted to spend some time and do some stuff with her. I was excited about it. We're gonna go. I was gonna take her kayaking, and we were gonna go watch some movies because that's our thing. Watching movies, we love it. Um, so we went and watched Ocean's Eight, which was pretty good. Um, hmm. It's nice that I have a twelve-year-old who can fully understand those kind of shows, <laughs> um, and she really digs them. It's it's great that we look at the, the movies to buy, and uh, when she says, "Dad, I want you to buy Murder at the Orient Express," that makes me feel pretty good. Sure, sure. Um, I think so. This I, was, don't, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but. Was your your older daughter less interested in geeky stuff than than the oh, younger yes. one? Well, she, she she likes some of the geeky stuff, but casually, she's got a good influence from her dad. But mm-hmm. the, the other one now is like she's fully invested in the whole thing sure, and loves sure. it all. She's she's much like her dad. And then the other one, th- those aren't kind of her shows at all. She just, I mean, bless her and love her. She's just not that type to to yeah, yeah. stick with that kind of those kind of shows. Uh, but Sydney, absolutely, we'll we'll go and watch those things. So Ocean Eight was a it's a heist movie like all the Oceans one. I really enjoyed it. I like all the Oceans Oceans movies, so this is was it, pretty fun. Is it a prequel? No, I, I'm glad that they actually addressed it in there. It's it's not. Uh, it's Sandra Bullock with an all female cast, right? Uh, crew, and she is Danny Ocean's sister, which is uh, George Clooney's okay. character in the other one. Right, right. So it's it's and. and He's not in this, and they mention it's kind of a small subplot that he's dead. Like she's mm. it gets out of prison, and he died when she's in prison. But I see. it's it's an underlining it's current weird. of is he is he really dead? Because he's Danny Ocean, and he, <laughs> he's a con you know, man. Did he nothing. fake his own death? Yes, exactly. So they 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 never let you know that he is or isn't. And even the last scene is of him her sitting at his mausoleum, um, mm. giving him a toast. But um. The hey, spoilers. Anyway, that, that's how it, that's how it connects in, and and it's good. It's got a, it's got a, it's not as good as all say some of the other ones. It doesn't have those movies. Heist movies live and breathe on the twist and how good the twist is. Sure. You know? Um, and this one had a twist, but it wasn't like, oh man, that's so ingenious. It was just like, okay, that that's fine. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, yeah. the original, not original, but the the original remake, Ocean's Eleven. Because the original mm-hmm. original was Rat Pack back in the day, right, but, right, right. Um, the the first remake with uh, with Brad Pitt and and George Clooney is one of my favorite movies. I don't, you know, whether yeah. for the you know whatever the time was that I saw it and all that, yeah, as yeah. far as like foreshadowing and the 
very high context dialogue is something that I really yep. liked about that movie. And none of the you know, it was like the Matrix. The I don't think the sequels were as bad as the Matrix sequels, but both 12 and 13 were like uh, complete flops compared to the first one. Yeah, compared to the first one, of course. And, and this this one's better than I think this one is better than the the sequels, but not as good as the first one. Um, in in that everything works, everything works with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it really does. And there are a couple little things that are that are neat and interesting that they, you know, it's it's really just the it's the ride that you go on, you know. And and this was right. a good ride all the way through, um, except for like I said the twist, which which wasn't. It wasn't big. There was one a twist, and it wasn't big or bad. It didn't change the the show, um, it, it, you know, in dramatic ways. But it it was fun. I did enjoy it. And if you did like Ocean's Eleven, you should go watch Ocean's Eight. Hmm. Um, the it has it, it does the same beats and the fact that character all of the crew, the eight people, are interesting, have their own little thing, and you know, kind of are important to the show, and have their one liners, just like Ocean's Eleven does, but cut right. down to eight which is nice. Um, and it, it, there's like, it's echoes of the same thing. There are two main characters, just like Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Mm-hmm. There's um, Sandra Bullock and then Hella. Can't remember her name. What's her name from Thor? Big famous actress does everything else. She's also um, Lord of the Rings, Gladriel. Oh, you mean Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. She, so those two are like the showrunners, you know, so it's just like Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, if if you like the other ones, you'll like this one. There's nothing that you wouldn't like about it. Uh, so we we enjoyed it. Sydney loved it. It was it was the funny thing. There's a little line when she's giving a pep talk to her team before they go on, and she says, "Don't do this for me, and don't do this for you." Somewhere out there, there's an eight year old little girl who's dreaming of being a crook. Do it for her. And, <laughs> and I was th- and I and I and I thought, man, I'm taking my daughter to this movie, and it's aggrandizing you know thieves in a good way <laughs> and she comes out loving it and loving the whole idea about it. I'm like oh, okay that's fine it's good role models for you i guess i mean um. historically <laughs> i don't know i don't know if this is always true but in most of the most of the successful heist movies that i know of like the original remake oceans 11 they they successfully make the quote-unquote victim of the crime clearly corrupt or evil enough that you don't feel bad rooting for the criminals true right you know it's a a crook stealing from a crook yes i got now that i say that that's not the case here there's no bad guy (laughs) there's no uh there's no terry benedict no there's not there's no one who's who's a jerk um they're just trying to make money because it's not even they they they, it's not even like the patriarchy no, not really. <laughs> um, they steal from a museum, even from Cartier. Is who they steal from. Hmm. Uh, and and there there is one person. There is a small little side revenge thing in there that's very it's small, and they and it almost feels like they they tacked it on that it didn't need to be. Sure. Um, her uh, got she was put starts off with her in jail. She served time for five years for being pinched, and she didn't give up her her accomplice or whatever and he gave, which was her boyfriend ish and he gave her totally up sure, so he's sure. kind of a douchebag and they involve him a little bit so there's that little bit of a revenge thing but he doesn't have the gems he doesn't there's nothing about him with it they just frame him hmm. uh 
So yeah, there's not really a, a bad guy. I never, I didn't think about it like that. Way. Weird. But anyway, it was, it was fun. The point of that Saturday was that it was fun, and we came out and it started to rain. It was, I, I didn't realize, I forgot it was supposed to storm. Um, we pull out and my clutch in my car shattered. There was a wire bushing that popped. Oh no! I couldn't shift gears, and it starts pouring down, storming rain out. Right when everything closes, Ford closes, and uh, the rent a car place closes. So it was, it was a, uh, it, it could have been disastrous. And I had a friend come save me, and she came over with her daughter, and we just spent the whole day hanging out and having a good time. So, you know what? When I said that it could have been a disastrous weekend, it could have been, but then it was fun. So, sure, sure. Uh, I did not get to go kayaking with Sydney, but we did spend <laughs> Sunday together. Not so in that the was good. not in the rain. Is your uh, is your car a manual? It is a manual transmission. Okay. Yes, it's. Okay. I was uh, I was getting I'll ready to haze you if it was an automatic, but oh god, no, no, I I, I have. Not to sound too douchey on the air, but I have a Mustang, and for right. people who don't know, right. and it's I, it's one of my childhood, it's my childhood car, dream car, that sure, one sure. and a, a Jeep Wrangler. So when you're a kid and you played with with matchbox cars, I thought those were the coolest looking cars back from the 1968. One of one of our one of our other friends actually has a, a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah, I was I was I know say, yes, if you're, he has, he if you're driving like the you know the only thing more more like Midwestern whatever than owning a owning a mustang is is having it be automatic like that just <laughs> no yeah so no i i loved i loved what it was and i, and I, got I recently I just uh my most recent car i got about a year and a half ago i went back to manual after being in ireland and re reacquainting myself with driving manual i was like you know what i'm gonna go back to this it's not that hard and then fewer of my family will borrow my car for no reason because oh right right like yeah, I, both I of my that, I, I didn't both of my parents my can drive ago. but and my brother-in-law but i think most of the rest of my siblings cannot drive manual so there you go yeah. well i i got a my rental car is a, is an automatic and it's it's complete it just feels like there's a great big void on my left foot there that i <laughs> and it's so it's so awkward to try and drive that thing yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that that's it's uh, my car's in the shop, and I'm now eight hundred dollars lighter that for no reason <laughs> than I was. Such is life, how things work. Mm -hmm. um, but I did get to um, something that I got to do on a sad rainy sad Sunday. After that, it gave me a little bit of time was to do our weekly challenge. Oh, um, you jumped. So let's talk about our weekly challenge. Why don't we jump. go into that one? I got to watch Memento. Okay, so our challenge from last week was uh, for me to rewatch and Michael to watch for the first time Christopher Nolan's Memento. And I think I didn't realize uh, when I posed this challenge last week that this was a Nolan movie. And it's, I think, probably not his first film, but the first, like, big successful one that kind of kicked off his uh, sort of theme of, like, guys in light gray suits and weird time story things um yeah but so um let's start off with could you give it a a rating out of five we, we talk about these ratings mm -hmm. hey actually <laughs> while i was listening to the show i'd like to talk about our little ratings I, things for I, these i think challenges. it's important that we change the rating scale every time we do a rating so I, I do i do but <laughs> <laughs> this is on a scale of one to eight is that what this is um, 
I, I would like us to rate things. I, let's put it this way. I'm going to rate things from now on. Anything we time we talk about is similar movies. So if I give it a 10, it's it's a 10 in this, like, oh, compared to I similar see. Yeah, movies. yeah. Like, um, like in real estate, you got to have comps. Yeah, exactly. It's, okay, it's, so you know, what does this movie go with? What are its comps? No, I mean... I don't really, I don't really know. What What would you think? I like, mean, that's that's a difficult one. Like it's Pulp a Nolan Fiction or uh, sure or Dunkirk. Sure. Yep, it's uh, it's a drama. It's a it's a it's a thriller, um, intellectual th- thriller that you a, have to pay attention um, to. But like a detective, sort of. Sure, sure, detective type thing. Um, Crime you know, drama, seven murder mystery called. type thing, you know, yeah. crime drama. Yes, crime drama. That's where I would kind of put it in that that area. I don't want to put a genre on it, but a movie that feels like this. I, okay, so let's 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 rate it on a scale of one to eight. Um, I'd give it a seven. I'd seven give it out a seven. of eight. Yeah, I would. I think that that's fair. Um, uh, do you want me to talk about why, or just what did you give it? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, I watched it when it was relatively new and right um quote unquote it enjoyed it enough that i suggested it as as our challenge this past week i only say hey, quote unquote so- enjoyed it because it's not like it's not a fun movie it's a movie that i watched and then couldn't stop thinking about for like four or five days um okay so so let, let, let's let's do this with with you since you've seen it before how would you say that you rated it on a scale of one to eight uh before like what your memory as your rose your rose colored glasses of it being on a scale of one to eight, what was it? And now that you've rewatched it, what would you rate it? Okay. Well I haven't I haven't tagged spoilers yet, so I'll say I'll try and say this without um it's it's a movie with a fairly significant mystery slash twist. And unlike uh a movie like Ocean's Eleven, where the twist is just kind of the entertainment at the end um the twist is really all like this whole movie is about the twist um and when i first watched it i mean out of eight i i probably also would have given it a seven when it was new um on on a second watch um it didn't help that i watched like half of it last night going on like three and a half four hours of sleep the night before because i, <laughs> I realized that in all the chaos of puppies and, and everything else that i was still supposed to watch this movie um <laughs> it's it was entertaining in a different way knowing very vaguely from you know like 15 no yeah 15 almost 20 years ago uh what all of these all of these clues are um yeah so so yeah, I mean it wasn't I it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. It's just not it's not a movie that you can watch multiple times, I think, and really get that much enjoyment out of it. And you know, maybe you watch it a second or third time and now you see like knowing where it's going, you can follow the thread more easily. You're not surprised yeah. by the twist, but you can see the foreshadowing and stuff that they put in there. And that and that's still entertaining. That's still probably a six out of eight as far as experiences go. So I think I think you, that's important. Yeah, that's that's a distinction from my perspective. So if you have not seen Christopher Nolan's Memento and care to not be spoiled about the huge twist ending, which is kind of the entire point of the movie, 
pause podcast and come back and hear our spoiler filled hot takes. Welcome back. Hey, welcome back. Yay. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think that, um, I wanted to watch it right away again because I wanted to, to do exactly mm-hmm. what you were just saying. I, I wanted to go back. And now that I finally knew it all, I wanted, wanted to watch it and see everything that I knew about all the characters did, and who they were and what they yeah. were doing and how they interacted. With did it. you pick up yeah. on um, the black and white color distinction? Nope. Yeah. And I still not sure I had, I'm not I, still I, sure I figured that out. I didn't either. And we, ironically, we or not ironically, but coincidentally, uh, a couple days ago, um, screen junkies put out a honest trailers on the Christopher Nolan movies. And yeah. they showed a clip of him explaining the timeline of this movie. Um, the scenes that are in color are the scenes that are going backwards. Right. Okay. The, the, the scenes themselves are going forward, but they're in reverse order. Right. And as we talk about this, our listeners should know that if you have, if you're still listening and haven't watched it, Memento is about he for, he has he can no longer make any new memories, any so short term memory. That's yeah. super important. And yeah. so, and so the, 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 like the bulk of the film is in color and the scenes are out of order. So the first scene you see is the end of the story chronologically, which is such a really neat way. Yeah. I mean, that's original. That is super original. It's very, it's very uh, unique. And then, yeah. And then each new scene in that mode ends with the beginning of the scene that you saw before. Right. To, to, yeah. To, to make it, to make it clear that you're going backwards. Um, right. And so the idea is the protagonist um, forgets anything that happened more than like 10 minutes ago. And so right. for you as the audience, you're, you're seeing stuff out of sequence and it's sort of thematic with that whole, like, oh, it's, uh, that, like that is the best way. The best way that I could have ever, I mean, it's, it's a terrifying thing to think about that, that symptom or that disease or whatever. Just disease, like, that, he's that just like living in a brain. cloud of, right. Of, of, you know, ignorance. And I mean, it's, yeah, but, th- it's but that's how in, I felt. That's how I felt the whole show. Right. I felt it, like him. It gives you that I experience. Really did. I it's, felt like, it's kind of like I know how, some things, um, but... uh, did you ever see Requiem for a Dream? I have not seen that one. It's a really rough watch, but it kind of gives you a little bit of that experience of, of, not that I know from firsthand experience, but it tries to give you that experience of like spiraling out on drugs um, in a way that like after I watched that movie, I had to like sit down and breathe for a little while because it was exhausting (laughs) just to watch. But anyway, um, and then there are scenes that are in black and white. And those are the scenes that happen before any of the color scenes. I did not know that. And and they're going forward. Right. So you start and then he's in this phone conversation. And so in those scenes, he's on the phone with somebody and he's explaining his history and his condition and his his um, system of organizing notes and all of that. And then when you get to the end of the movie. Um, there's a point where he's got the the Polaroid and he's shaking it and the the filming goes from black and white into color. And that's where the transition happens because that's when you find out 
what actions set him on the path that lead to what happened at the beginning of the movie. Wild. Well, I, you got to give Christopher Nolan a huge credit on this one because it's his directing and clearly the screenwriting as well, but his directing that makes this movie possible. Um, yeah. And there the, are a lot of, little, I, I did. There are a lot of little clues that like you see yeah, throughout, you see the pictures, the Polaroids that he has of the different characters, and you don't see him take those pictures until later, sometimes much later. And you're like, oh, right. now I see. It's like. That's where this fits. Like, you you call it foreshadowing, and I guess it still technically is. But because you're telling the story backwards, it's like sort of foreshadowing. Because, like, you see the result first, and then you go back and see the origin of where that happened. And there are little clues that I think it's one of those things where it must've made this an, an especially difficult challenge to make because once you know, once you're in on the, the gimmick, the bit, whatever you want to call it. And both yeah. those terms are kind yeah. of derogatory and that's not what I mean. Um, it's, it's almost impossible to not see it. To, and so I'm sure that they had to like screen this, for fresh eyes several times just to make sure that it still worked if you don't know what's going on like if you yeah, know, you know what's going that on, right. the color scenes are going backwards and the black and white scenes are going forward you can't not see that you can't unsee it um sure and so there are things like um his face is scratched right um, the whole time the whole right. time except in the black and white scenes it's not and if you right. if you catch that, like you probably are not even cognizant of it. Like I don't think I noticed it the first time I saw the movie until you get to the very end and his face gets scratched and you're like, Oh, I see. And so that's one of those things where, like you said, you wanted to watch it again right away. Like if you saw that, then you watch it again and you're looking at those two scenes those two, you know, the color in the black and white scenes, and you're going, Oh, in the black and white scenes there's no scratch on his face. It's obviously earlier. And yeah. The further it got into the movie, I started to notice um, the way that he's dressed in the black and white scenes. Like he's in the hotel room the, most of the most of those scenes, and so you don't see yeah. his car or his his pickup truck or any of that. Um, yeah. Before that, like that revelation doesn't happen until the end. Um, but yeah, yeah. The the the, the while I was watching that. About 15, 20 minutes in, I was watching it in the living room and Sydney was in her room watching her show mm -hmm. and she, she comes out and she wanders out and she starts watching it. <laughs> now there's some this scenes is, in there that are, this that is are not hard. A, this is not a movie for, for kids. Right. I mean, I mean, it, it fits. There's just language is probably the biggest. Yeah. Thing. It's, it's um, language and there are a few moments of violence, but there's a lot of stuff in the middle that's just psychologically right. disturbing. The kids aren't even going to understand. Right, but Sid, Sid came out and watched it, and she was just sitting there for a minute. And I figured that, I mean, this is one of those ones you got to watch from the beginning and to know what's going on. Um, but she and she'd already missed fifteen twenty minutes of the movie, and she was enthralled <laughs> and and picked it and picked up on it like in a heartbeat what was going on. Because I told I told her quickly, I said he has a memory loss; he can't make any new memories. That's all I really told her. Um, and then she just picked on it, just like. Like we were picking up on it. I don't know. I guess that's the great theme about this thing that they successfully did was that like you don't know what's going on. 
Yeah. So when she came in 15 minutes in, she didn't know what was going on either. And it's still <laughs> she was only she was only a little bit more lost than you were. Exactly. So you're you're you are really lost the whole movie. And that's not a bad thing. That's exactly what you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to feel like he yeah. feels all the time. Yeah. And he lives in a perpetual state of being lost and trusting. You're just trusting on these pictures. Trusting these you tiny have written. clues. These times, right. I mean, and, and how you many have you, you start to, exactly? How many times does he does he flip those. over that picture of Teddy and go, "Oh, don't believe his lies." Okay, don't well, believe his lies. Now, right. now I can reject anything he's just said. And then you get to the yeah, end. And you just do right. You get to the end and you see him write that down, and you're like, "Oh, holy shit! That's like he has been deceiving himself yep. this entire time, the whole time." Right. And uh, it's those those two things, by the way, that 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 don't believe his lies and the face scratch is what Sydney was looking for the whole time. Mm. She kept saying, like, when's he going to get that scratch? She would look at me. She says, <laughs> he, he didn't get that scratch from there. He still had the scratch. And then she would she would say, we still haven't seen where he, he wrote that thing about Teddy. And I was like, oh, no, maybe they just, it's not important. <laughs> she was like, no, they would have showed that. And then she's right. That was like a huge thing when he sets it's, that up. It's the most um, important. It is the most important. So, you know, and now even this is that I'm, I'm going to start calling it the last Jedi syndrome. Uh, the last Jedi being that I watched it. And then the more I thought about it, the more I disliked it. Mm -hmm. um, this is one of those ones that the more I think about it, the more I like it. Mm. Um, I, I really like so much about it. And then how it ended slash began that he's intentionally deceiving himself to make himself a killer Right. Um, but not really because is is he a killer? Oh, there's just so many levels <laughs> to this movie that makes it that puts it at that seven out of eight. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I, I absolutely loved the twist. I felt the twist being that you 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 know what what really happened. I guess it's not really a twist. It's just what what happened. What's the story about? Right. Um, and there I actually things I liked that they they gave us. A lot of extra little sub things in there, which is hard to do in a normal straight movie and make subplots interesting anyway. Uh, but they did it in a very complex movie and still made it interesting. And I'm talking about Natalie. The fact that Natalie was manipulating him too, and the whole plot that you could be, yeah. you could be trying to kill somebody and you not even know it because somebody changed your stuff, and that was a subplot that made it even more complex but was cool well you know yeah I mean? I mean he he says that fairly early on like you learn to trust your own handwriting okay that's right. true but then you eventually in the movie see how easily she manipulates him because of this yeah. condition like she gets him so mad that he hits her and then like a few minutes later comes back into the house and is like Oh, this this other guy Dodd beat me up, and now you know that's because I because I did what you told me, and and now he's going after that guy for something that he actually did. What what a heart, what a heartbreaking scene! Yeah, I mean that was well well directed, well acted, well done by by all the actors on the screen there. That that he was desperate, and you saw him desperate before the scene prior to that started with him being desperately looking for something. Yeah, and, and you, and, I mean, you and eventually. Now you're like, you eventually find out that, you know, it was her boyfriend that he killed before, not at the yep. end, but right before, 
right before the beginning of the movie and that you see happen at the end right cuz the time right and 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 how mean she is but the whole time like for the most of all that movie you have such a sympathetic feeling to her and and like right. oh she's the leading lady or oh she's the one that has a touch to him and then and then she does what she does to him and all of the sudden your hero your main character is just this you know sad pity pitiful person that you have so much emotion for because mm. he just got used so hard by right. this wicked woman mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my god, oh my god, right? And that's when <laughs> things. Now, I, I will give it. I'll, I'll talk about not just the good things, but the bad things. This, this, so the seven or eight means that I think it went on a little too long. Um, after revealing that she was who she was, there was just like twenty minutes in there that I felt like, okay, I am getting tired, mentally tired, of following all these clues backwards. And I don't know. Mm. And I was like, this could never end. This could just keep going where he goes for six years finding out tons <laughs> of different kinds of clues because there was new ones popping up here and there that he'd lose or get burnt. And then, you know, he'd find a burnt piece of Polaroids. And so for everyone he'd figure out, he'd find he'd have other ones that he had. So um, it just felt like this this could go on forever. So I'm glad that they finally did end it. But it it was just a little. Long yeah, I mean, I guess the the scene. So there's. It's, you know, obviously there are cuts, but the the single sequence that makes up the end of the movie where um, he where the, the like it stays in black and white, like all the black and white scenes are just a minute or two for most of the movie. Aside from he'll go into an explanation of something, you know, talking about Sammy Jenkins or something, and yeah. that'll be in color. But the actual forward moving black and white stuff is pretty short. Then at the end of the movie, you're like 20 minutes from the end and a black and white scene starts and it stays black and white throughout him. Um, going out to the place, the the site from the beginning of the movie and waiting and he's talking to Teddy. And I think he, that even might be where he takes the picture of Teddy and does all of that stuff. Um, yeah. Goes there and waits and fights with the first J- Jimmy. Uh, that's right. That, that guy, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Teddy shows up and he does, he gives him the whole reveal. Like that all takes a long time before he, you know, writes the note and put, puts don't believe his lies on the back of the picture. Like that all takes a long time. And I think it's intentional to like, make sure that you have time to process. Yeah. Like, look, this is what's happening. Like, Teddy has Teddy part. has seemed a little goofy slash shady for the whole time, but he's really been manipulating Leonard for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like Leonard maybe is kind of helpless to change that, but we know from the beginning of the movie that he kills him. So how does he get to that point? And now you know the reveal but that that whole sequence does feel like it takes a little longer than it needed to it it does and i think it was the couple sequences prior to that 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 set me on the is this ever going to and it might have been the black and white scenes that were oh yeah there's know, there's all the stuff with with him in the bar and um him getting the exactly, tattoo that, and yeah, all like, that kind of that stuff there it, right it slows down in in anticipation of this big reveal yeah i get what you're saying right Right, so so that that's how I felt, that, and that's why I marked it out a little bit. Is that I was I, I felt a little fatigued and frustrated on that one. 
for for a moment there. And I was glad that when I paused it, I was, Sid was sitting there, and I was like, I actually had to pause it so that I could see how much time was left. Mm. I was thinking, is this going to be an hour before I figure out what's happening here? Okay, okay, it's only fifteen minutes. <laughs> They're going to wrap it up. I just got to get through this scene that doesn't make right. you know any kind of an import to me. Um, but anyway, yeah, I loved it. Loved loved a lot about it. I love that psychological thriller, and I and it's a twofer, which is not a lot of drama shows for me. Which means you go back and you want to watch it again so that you can appreciate, you mm. know, the fact that Teddy's manipulating that why his name is Teddy. You know that the whole way through, you can see the acting performances, you see the performances and the the manipulation and the lies of all the other characters. So you'll be yeah. able to see. Leonard, not as this hero, but as this guy who is being duped and how they're duping him and how good they're duping. Yeah, him. well, and and like I said, I don't know. I don't I, I mean, I feel like I must have seen this at least twice, but I don't remember sure. the last time that I watched it. But I still remembered like as stuff was happening, it's the you know, the thing that happens when you rewatch something you saw a long time ago. You don't remember it all in a way that you could describe to anyone before. Like, I couldn't have yeah. explained most of the details of this movie to you last week. But yep. as I was watching it, you know, they have that scene where Natalie comes in and she's like, you know, Leonard beat the ch- out of me. And I'm like, oh, I yep. or not Len- uh, D- Dodd. Dodds. And, yeah. and I went, I went, oh, no, wait, he does it. I forget how, but she gets him to do it and she's lying to him now. Like I remembered so the right pieces you knew that she as, was right. as I, as I saw them, like, um, you know, Teddy is kind of, is kind of weird slash shady about, about the car. And then later Natalie is weird about the suit that Leonard's wearing and, or, or, um, Teddy is before that. And I'm like, yeah, I remember. Cause it's not really his suit. It's not really his car. And like, the window's broken, yeah. and I'm sure in a couple scenes we're going to see when the window gets broken. Um, all that yeah. kind of stuff sort of came to me as I was watching it. And and you're you're living it like Leonard lives it. That right. you realize that 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 nothing nothing you can't rely on tells. I mean, some tells he can, but he you can't rely on like that. These people are acting weird about my clothes or my car. Only thing that you can really count on is his pictures. And his handwriting and his tattoos. Well, yeah, and you know. he like he even says that in his stories about about Sammy, which are sort of weird because you know Sammy ends up being his own like self delusion. But it's it's the thing where like you're reliant. And that's why it's called Memento because he's his whole world, his day to day world is built around trusting these mementos, these notes and photos, and also reading people, but his whole thing is like you think you see something in in somebody's expression in somebody's you know body language their tells all of that and it's not reliable right like right. he he trusts natalie when she tells him that dodd beat her up when it's a complete fabrication yeah so so what's the deal the last point on this show what's the deal like so sammy sammy is him well sammy was real disputes it sammy was real but he has somehow um projected his own or maybe like either 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 he projected his own story onto sammy as something that happened to someone else or teddy just makes that up 
to mess with him. Maybe. I mean, I maybe I, they, they don't really explain it too much. They, I guess they leave that to your own conclusions because they keep flipping back between whether he gave her a shot or he doesn't give her a shot. You know, right. And and when by the way, when Teddy, not Teddy, when Sammy kills his wife, I was a little heartbroken. You know, like when she's giving him the yeah. again, great acting, great acting there, especially by the wife who just is staring at him in disbelief that mm-hmm. pleadingly wanting him to not stick her with this anaphylactic shock that she's gonna go into. Yeah. Um and in a coma. And then she does and she keeps oh, it's just heartbreaking. You know, you're like, yeah, he doesn't know. He doesn't yeah. know. He doesn't know. And he's killing his wife. And, and so he'll never know. And so either either that story is true and that it's like it's something that happened close to. It, it either happened close to Leonard's accident or actually after, which sort of it's a little bit like um, it's like the top at the end of uh, Inception, another Nolan film. Um, in that you're not given a clear answer at the end. Like if it's something, if it's a story that he remembers, then that sort of, um, leans toward the argument of it actually being something that happened to somebody else. But it's either something that happened to somebody else that he feels responsible for because he told the wife that Sammy's condition was psychological and she interpreted that as he's faking it, which is that's a whole conversation about the validity of right. psychological disorders, but um, either that's true or it's something that he himself did and he feels a different kind of guilt over it. Either way, it's something that, you know, the, the Sammy tattoo is right on his hand, right on his, um, by his thumb where he sees it all the time. Yeah. It's not like the other tattoos are all covered, but he sees the one on his hand all the time. So like at any given like you know 10 minute cycle of his conscious awareness he's reminded of this name and that triggers this either either way this memory that gives him guilt and and sort of uh solemnity right i i'd like to think that that he is sammy i think that's my you know conclusions are always up to to the to the viewer mm-hmm. but i i i like to think that he is sammy that that, that that's what happened and then you know, we all self delude, and and especially with trauma and things that we have, and yeah. Um, well, the, the, in conclusion, it was a good movie. It really <laughs> made you think. Very well shot, sure. very well directed, very well written For and sure. acted, and and all those points compared to other things within its genre really really make it a memorable experience that was worth watching. It it didn't ha- feel dated at all. I mean. At all, no smartphones. Very few but things. you're not even really aware of that throughout the movie, right? And, and there's like no if real he had reason. A, if he had a smartphone, then his like process of notes and stuff would have been different. But it doesn't. True, true, true. It doesn't matter true. all that much. I, I guess yeah. If you're like a millennial watching this show, you would say like, well, why doesn't he just like uh, send himself voice notes, you know, <laughs> or something like that? Well, which, and which even does make sense fine. And even for me, like that idea of that I just said, you know, if he had a smartphone, his whole that didn't occur to me until like this afternoon. Like I didn't think of it at all while I was watching the movie. No, and, you, you really don't. You know, I, you know, I was in college when this movie came out. I'm not. You know, and if you think about I, it, if you lose if you lose your memory every ten minutes, you, you 
and it was like tw- 10 years ago that this happened and you know you realize that there wouldn't he wouldn't even know about the internet type stuff you know right that's 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 a theme that they do you know he doesn't know how long ago which is sort of strange like he doesn't remember dates i guess you know he could have a, a you know he has that police file so it seems to me like he should be able to math out how long it's been if he knows what day right. it is but that's a thing and there's even there's even a point where he's talking to I think Teddy about the unreliability of memory, right? Which is yeah, part of the whole thing. Right. Like he has no memory, short-term memory, and even his his actual memories from before the incident are unreliable. Right. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. What a great concept! What a great, what a great idea! I I loved it. I think it was great. It was a good, good, good suggestion. And like I said, it also didn't feel like it was that old. So maybe I don't know how when it came out, but. Uh, so let's talk about next week's. So I think it's my turn to pick. Is that right? Yep. That, that was Memento was yours, which was a good, good call. Way to go. You win on this one, Dennis. <laughs> uh, you get points in your column. Is, that, is this become uh, so a contest? I, is that what's happening? Is that right? You picked the best. Mm-hmm. No, because I definitely picked, I, I definitely will pick terrible movies because uh, they were all great for in my mind. Uh, but I think this one is actually good. I was thinking about this week's weekly challenge being uh, a show that I saw pop up on Netflix. Okay. And it's called Heat. Heat. H-E-A-T. Oh, with, um, with Pacino and De Niro? Yes. I mean, what okay. what other great movies can you have with two great, amazing actors? I believe it's also got uh, Iceman in it. Um, Val Kilmer's in it, too, right? I think maybe. Oh, yeah. I can't remember if he's in that or not. Uh, uh, there's, my, there's several. You said yeah. Iceman, and my mind went to Schwarzenegger first. Oh my god! Like, uh, what a horrible to I'm, remember, Mister Freeze. I'm, I'm going oh to bed gosh. now. It's been it's, it's, good night, everybody. Don't even think of that. Right. <laughs> the uh, no, uh, being Val. I think Val Kilmer said that one. Um. So, yeah, liked it. It's a. It's another kind of crime drama. Definitely not as much as a psychological thriller on this one. Sure, sure. Straight up crime, crime heist type thing. Uh, I have. Uh, you know what we should do with these these uh, these ratings here is that we'll we'll rate it the week before as what I think at least the person who saw it and what they think they remember it being, um, mm. kind of like how I'd asked before. I, I I remember it being on a scale of uh, one to four. Um, I'd give it a solid three. I mean, it was it was fun. It was awesome. It was exciting. Okay. Not the best of all time, which would be a four, um, but something I really enjoyed. So hopefully. And you've not seen that one? Yes. Have you seen it? Not I don't it? think so. No. Okay. That'll that'll be good. All right. We got oh, our cool. got our. If you're looking in for gangsters and crime stuff, we're uh, going two for two <laughs> for these suspenseful kind of type things. These yeah. Next weeks. We go from crime, crime Highlander into these things next. Right. Right. Okay. I was gonna say if um, and I mentioned this when we did our big anime topic a few months ago, um, if. If your daughter was hooked, intrigued by by Memento, you guys might enjoy um, an anime series called The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, which I'm sure you won't remember. Okay. I'll, I'll send you a link. It's yeah, it's a strange one. It's um, I don't know if there's much I can say about it that won't won't spoil it. It's got some of that metaphysical time travel. It, it has a Groundhog Day sequence. Um, all that kind of stuff, so might, yeah, might, might be worth checking out. It's it's in my it's in my top. I guess I apparently have a top ten list of of anime, maybe even top five. 
though Violet Evergarden yeah. is up there now. It's it's hard. It's it such a is. like anime is its own genre, but there's so much different anime. Like Haruhi yeah, is nothing I, I like hate, I hate calling Haruhi and and uh, and Violet Evergarden are very different from each other, and both incredibly different from shonen kind of stuff like uh, yeah. Dragon Ball Z and all of that. Like it's yeah. it's uh, I mean, too we'll broad have to, to have my friend. To lump we'll it have into to have one. My friend genre. Christy on the show sometimes. She's a, a rabid anime fan, and she mm. like will sit and tell me for the longest times about how just saying anime is, is such a horrible term that meaning that it's an art style and a in a medium that something is delivered in, but the stories are a genre, not the not the. Well, y- the yeah, I mean, it's style. like it's like we talked about <laughs> fantasy and sci-fi a few weeks ago. Um, it's like it's like saying a movie. Or a TV show, a movie, and yeah, there are right. anime shows and anime movies. Like it's that's still yeah. not even. But anyway, that's that's one that I enjoyed that you you might want to talk might want to check out. Have you have you been watching? So besides watching this one, I know you had the, the dogs last week. Did you get to watch any good TVs or good TV shows? Any? You know, I picked up a show. I've been catching up on the Flash. Anything like that? Mm. Well, speaking of the CW, uh, <laughs> I. I picked up a show that um, I've I've said before on the show that I'm a big fan of um, iZombie. I think it's yeah, it's better writing and and acting than most anything else I've seen on the CW. And I did start to watch some of that. By the way, I don't know if I told you that. No, you you didn't. We'll have to. Uh... Yeah, I did. I watched like the first three four episodes of where they got to like the main villain guy, which mm. which made me stop watching it. By the way, I don't want to get on the iZombie topic, but. Um, the the main villain is a guy that I'm not a big fan of the actor. So. Oh, what? He's like one of the best characters. I know everyone. Everyone loves him. I, I watched you, him in Alias, and I liked him in there. Then oh, I I couldn't get really deep into Alias. I don't know, you know what what it was about yeah. that, but I watched some of it, and I think it got too it got too confusing. Like there were two, and and that was sure just before. That was just before it became really easy to um, download and or or stream shows that you missed, yeah. and so like I would miss it, and then I'm like, "What's happening now? This guy is is this?" And he, oh yeah, yeah. He turned out it, he's yeah. he's crossed. You know, there were more double crossings in that show than well. Anyway, anyway, I, exactly. I never saw that. Right. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I that that actor I wasn't a big fan. Of. So so I I. I have halted on iZombie, but I'm going to pick it back up. Anyway, so what, what other one besides... Anyway, so iZombie? so somebody on the Reddit for iZombie had said they were watching a show called Riverdale, which is... Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah, right. it's... That's the Archie show? Yeah, it's based on the characters of Archie and Jughead, Betty and Veronica okay. from, you know, comics back in the 50s or whatever. All right, you have to tell me about this one. Is, and is, it, is it like... Like the old fifties comic strip, it well, look like it is. As as someone that never really read those, I'll say okay. first I don't know, and second <laughs> probably not. Okay, right because everything about life and culture now is very very different than it was in the fifties. So um, so is it just like they're just using their names? Maybe they're just using like they happen to use the Archie and Jughead. They they have the names. They have the names and they have the visual aesthetic. Uh, really? Okay. You know, there's still like Archie is the sort of like he's a football player, but he's also 
like a songwriter. I don't know how similar that, but like Betty is blonde with skirts and a ponytail all the time. Veronica okay. is has black, like the actress dyed her hair even more black, um, and is always like very well dressed. Like she's a she's she and her mom have come back to town from living in New York or something, and so she's always a little overdressed compared to everybody else. Um, okay. And so they stereotyped them is what they did. Well, I mean, they, they matched those original aesthetics, right? Like that's well, how the, they are. That's how the characters in the, in the, and they are, they're stereotypes. And Jughead is always wearing a, um, skull cap, like a stocking cap, but with like jagged edges, right? Which is, oh, just like was not a thing at all, except you know, in that, in that comic. Um, right. occasionally they'll be wearing shirts. A couple of them will wear shirts with a big S on it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I recognize that as something from the old comics. Um, but anyway, That's weird. so I heard about this show as something that somebody on the Internet who liked iZombie also enjoyed. And I was like, oh, I should check okay. this out. Right. It's a it's one of those weird things that, like, seems like it should be true. It seems like it should translate, but doesn't always. Right. Like, OK, if if you and I both like one thing that's the same it doesn't necessarily like mean that i like everything you like right exactly you, you track Th- this definitely feels like a 30-foot pole show for me one that i don't want to touch <laughs> right so anyway it was on it's on netflix now but when right. i heard about it i i started the first episode and i got maybe 20 minutes into it and it's yeah. that thing that I talk about often when we talk about anime that I have a hard time with stories about high schoolers yeah. with played by real people. Right. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get into glee as much as I enjoy music. Um, you know, I, I even, can't connect with, the I, characters. I eventually like, you know, I put it on in the background while I was working and I was like, Oh, I'm not watching this. I'm just listening to the songs. I could just be yeah, listening yeah. to music. I don't need to be yeah. watching this, you know, weird high school drama. Drama thing. Right. So it is, it is high school. And yeah. so I had, I had a set of. played by 25 year olds? They're. year olds? The actors are now like 2021. 20, I think um, Archie, Veronica and Betty are all like 2021 20, and Jughead is like 25. Um, but okay. that's now, and they've made two seasons, so they could have been like right. eighteen, nineteen when they started. Of course, okay. the characters are sophomores, so yeah, <laughs> right? right. They're still <laughs> bending a little get bit. Actual aged, appropriate kids, right? right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I go back and forth between like, okay, well that that person is obviously not young enough to be that, but I don't really want to see a fifteen year old actor <laughs> do anything. So right, you don't you don't want them to get into love interests. It's and stuff kind like of that. six like, of one, half dozen of the other. You know, I don't want to watch iCarly or Drake and Josh or any of that Disney Channel stuff. <laughs> do the do Grump, the Riverdale thing, gr- right grumpy there. old man. So after so about three or four episodes into it, maybe not even that many. Oh, anyway, twenty minutes in, I I couldn't get it, and then within the last couple months, our buddy Aaron had been watching that show and he was like is anybody watching this it's amazing 
he didn't say amazing, but he said something <laughs> else positive. And I was like, man, I tried that. I did, you know, didn't didn't work for me at all. I was like, I cannot handle this high school relationship drama. Yeah, you know, uh, Twilight stuff. Exactly, but that's what it feels with, like. Within the last couple weeks, um, I, you know, opened up my iPad, went on Netflix, and was like, you know what? I'm going to try this again. I don't remember what it was. I saw, I follow Netflix on Instagram, and I think they did something with one of the, uh, the girl who played Veronica or something. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this, this might be, this might be worth watching just for like stupid, guilty pleasure kind of stuff. Sure. If I, if I expect sure. it to be terrible, you know, it's my whole, uh, moderation of expectation thing. Right. Anyway, so I started watching it and I, I went through this phase of like, um, some of the other CW shows that I've watched, like Rain, where I'm like, this is terrible, but it's <laughs> it's just the right amount of terrible that I'm still entertained by how sure. terrible it is. You, you can accept that it's okay. Right. right? And it's... so, like, three episodes in, my hot takes were, all these actors are too old, and the writing is too clever. Right? Like, one of the... Um, one of the random other high school kids who's a football player like shoulder bumps Jughead as he as he's walking past him and Jughead is this like Holden Caulfield kind of like they don't call him emo anymore but like very yeah. thoughtful depressive character he's the narrator because he's writing a story about what's happening in their town anyway one okay. of these one of these football players bumps into him and he's like he's like watch where you're going Wednesday Adams and I'm like, okay, I get Adam's family is not a deep cut, but <laughs> I don't think there are too many present day high schoolers who are familiar enough with Adam's family to just drop that reference on a dime. Right. As an insult. Especially, yeah, as an insult, especially like a football player who's like 16. <laughs> like right. clearly that some guy in a writer's room in his forties came up with that and <laughs> wrote you know, that line. Get, gave this line. And, but it was just entertaining to me. I'm like, ah, he wouldn't say that. Like, that's funny. It didn't bother <laughs> me because I was expecting it to be bad. And right. as the show goes on, um, so the, the premise at least of the first season is that they're this, they're in this small town. They don't say where though. I think it's supposed to be in the Midwest, obviously. Um, well, maybe not. It could be in New England because the rich family um, has a has an empire built on maple syrup, which is a, <laughs> which is a very okay. New England kind of thing. Yeah, sure. But That's they funny. they're all like the rich family are all redheads, and they have twin boy girl twin um, children, or, you know, students. And before the show starts. The twins go like in a boat across the river, and the the brother drowns. Oh, right. Okay. And the and the show opens as this happened. I want to say like almost a year ago, before it happens, or maybe it was okay. like the beginning of the summer and school is starting back up. I forget the exact timeline, but like this is something that's happened in the past, but not far enough in the past that people aren't still like shaken up about it because it's a big deal okay, in a it. small town with a tight community and all this. Um, and 
So at various times, like it starts out with the relationship between Archie and Betty being a big deal. Like she is really into him, but she's too like reserved about it. Um, She has a, there's a, there's a, another, there's a fifth kid who's a gay best friend sort of stereotype, though he's not, he's not overly flamboyant. So at least our, our storytelling has gotten beyond that trope. But um, as the show goes on, you get more and more like more intrigue and less relationship drama. Like within the first couple episodes, they resolve the like, you know, Archie doesn't reciprocate Betty's feelings. And so now they're just going to be friends and it's fine. Like this all sounds terrible. The bulk of the (laughs) story, the bulk of the story focuses more on who did what and what's involved and the the other twin of the of the boy who drowned goes back and forth between like being sympathetic and being antagonistic like you don't like her at first but then sometimes she's nice to the to the main characters and you're like is that is that a trick and sometimes it is but then sometimes she's vulnerable like she's still a high schooler so she's still you know changeable and uncertain and they all have different complex varied relationships with their parents anyway all of that to say i mean the more i watched the show the more i legitimately enjoyed it i was like i was like (laughs) man i thought that i'm but i'm really in and maybe it was just like my expectations or like i always watched it late at night like right before i went to bed and you know i'd i'd watch them go through these things and i'm like man yes that's awesome the other the only uh, um whatever it's not even really a thing of note but um the actor who plays Jughead's uh father is yeah. Skeet Ulrich. Oh. I don't know if I don't know if you saw um Jericho. No, but day. I that, think I know that name. That was like ten years ago, like oh six, oh seven when the sure. big post apocalyptic themes were going mm-hmm. on. It was just funny to see him because he plays a like very young adult in that show and now he's playing a parent in this show is just kind of funny. <laughs> it's very quickly. Well, the, the, there's no, like I can get by with watching like, um, true blood or something like that, because it's all about drama <laughs> and, and interpersonal relationship dramas that are really sappy, but at least it's centered around like vampires and werewolves or something, sure. you know? And, and, but like everything about just w- saying to watch a show, that's nothing about high school relationships just makes me just kind of a little nauseous. <laughs> a yeah, little so like, so I guess uh, my my sort of takeaway with that is there are still like hints of relationship going back and forth, but it's it's kind of like the relationship stuff that happens in a in a serial or in in an episodic show like a um like in Castle. Did you watch Castle? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Right. So you know how totally watch that. most of the show was about the case of the week. Yeah, so but then there was actually about the case of the week, and th- then there's there were gradual thing. hints of what was going on with the. That was how this got after the first couple episodes. The first couple episodes were a lot about the relationships, and then as it went on, it became more about the various mysteries and like still relationships. Oh, so there's things, but there's like, things beyond relationships. Like there's like you start the show and it's about something. Well, yeah, it's I, like the 
the brother drowned and nobody is sure for sure what happened because there are other like some people saw things um and i don't it kind of spoils it if i give any more details in that but like there was a gunshot and some people heard it but the cops don't know that because those people are you know not coming forward because they're hiding other things like there's a lot of that kind of secrecy okay and there are other relationships like complicated relationships between the adults the parents um some parents separate some parents you know get involved even though they're still married or or whatever there's some of that that happens but it becomes very little about relationships between the kids they're very much more like a like a scooby-doo kind of gang trying to trying to figure out this mystery well that 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 gives it a little bit of hope i guess because uh you know you can say like other cw shows like arrow or superhero ones like arrow and the flash and and you would easily you could easily describe those as just drama where they're like mm-hmm. it's all relationship drama so that's the main thing is that how them and their families get to get along together and how they fall in love <laughs> but if you just described it as that then it'd make it sound horrible <laughs> yet the show is primarily about like okay the villain of it's it's not a, an episodic show it's a serial show from season yeah. to season like this season is about this villain coming to try and kill this person and they're trying to stop it the whole season. So that's the main point of the show with the CW drama layered on top of it. So Yeah, it's it's basically at any given point, there are some people trying to hide and cover up information. And there are other people trying to uncover that information. Okay. I mean, that, that, I, en- I enjoyed it, it, but I definitely would not say, I would not recommend going into this expecting to see like Game of Thrones or... Um, you know, Stranger Things, Westworld kind of quality. Like it's still the CW. Yeah, it still is. Uh, hey, speaking of speaking of things that we saw this last week when you watched that one, I know that um, in superheroes you mentioned. Or I mentioned with the CW things. We both watched a trailer. I can't remember who recommended this. Do you remember who recommended this trailer to us? It's the Spider trailer. Was it Fox? Um, it, it might have been Fox. Um, so there's a, a new show coming out, a new movie. I, is it a movie movie or is it a direct to DVD movie? DVD? I honestly don't um, know. I don't either. And it's called uh, Spider-Man in, is it into the Spider-Verse? That sounds right. Uh, and it's a cartoon. I guess that's how you describe it. It's animated. Maybe a, di- a digital animated bit show. Um, right. And I did... You know, I saw the trailer for it. They actually showed a trailer for it on in front of like uh, Infinity War, I believe. Um, hmm. And it it wasn't that great. It was like, it's fine. <laughs> it's OK, but it's an animated show. Um, and then our buddy Fox had from Geek Scholar Movie News has said, hey, have you seen this? And I was like, no, nah, I just really don't want to watch it. Um, right. I just not interested. Um, it's fine, but just not what I was interested in. And then I went ahead and watched it and I loved it. Like, so he had, I I think it was Fox had mentioned it in one of our group chats. And then you watched it and said, wow, that looks amazing. And also I'm pretty sure Dennis will love it because, uh, the guy who plays Nick Miller on new girl, uh, Jake Johnson is, uh, does the voice of Peter Parker. And I was, I was over at my house. You didn't ask me about my house, but I, I put some more tile on the wall <laughs> last week. The house Be- before the puppy chaos. I got over there and and 
hung some more tiles. So progress. Anyway, progress. I was over at the house waiting for mortar to set up when those texts came in. And I was Wait, like, you, All you're right, supposed I... to not tell me that this week. That way, next week you have something that you cannot do anything this mm. week. And that on next well, week. I gotta do. Okay, sorry. Even if even if I do nothing more than find a break in our wet spring rain cycle to uh, to mow the lawn <laughs> over there, I'll I'll get over there tomorrow or Thursday to do something. <laughs> anyway, um, right. so, so I watched Nick that. Miller I watched that trailer and. I think my reaction after watching it was like, man, about about 15, 20 seconds into this trailer, I I hated it. But yeah. by the end, I was super excited for it. Like, I I had real doubts and reservations about Jake Johnson doing Peter Parker, but he's like a he's like an older Peter Parker, and we've never seen an yep. adult Peter Parker aside from right. you know Andrew Garfield in his twenties playing a high schooler, <laughs> um, right. And like, I mean, he, Jake Johnson fully inhabits that like grumpy young man character, a new girl. Exactly. And yep. it's fairly similar to his take on Peter Parker in this or yeah, he, whatever. He this actually, is similar to that. I would, I, I would not have, I would have not have like cast him as Peter Parker. Uh, and then when I heard him play Peter Parker, I thought, oh, yeah, why didn't I not cast him as yeah. Peter Parker? Yeah. Like, he, like an adult it, it Peter so, Parker. It sounds really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he, uh, when he does his lines, he's, he's, so that Peter, something that's a little exciting for us comic book nerds is that, that situation there that's happening on that movie with, uh, um, <laughs> Peter being an adult and Miles Morales being the main kind of is spider that the, what's, thing that's happening. Is there a word for that, a, a name for that sort of verse? Is that, uh, isn't that where Mar- Marvel um, numbers their 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 universes? That's uh, like so the main Marvel oh, is six one six. I see. Um, I see. And, and I'm not. But sure that's what, where sure what they've got is. the the new um, the new Spider Man is uh, Miles Morales. But is yes. is that also the universe where Kamala Khan lives? No, Kamala Kamala's in six one six. She's in the main one. Uh, I see. But but I there's see. there the, the, there's a few. So Marvel ran the Ultimates. Uh, they started like a reboot called the Ultimates line. Uh, it's got to be like 15 years ago now, at least. And uh, where they just like, hey, let's reboot in like a whole other universe, Elseworlds mm-hmm. type thing. And it was really wildly successful. It's much more hardcore. People died for real and they were done. They never mm-hmm. brought anyone back. Um, and including Peter Parker, like Peter Parker died. Um, so, and they had, you know, they started him over as a young kid and played through his whole thing and he got killed. Um, so then they had Miles, this Miles Morales have it. He's got his own kind of story and he's different and mm-hmm. he's just, he's Spider-Man, but he's different. Um, so anyway, uh, without going too much in the nerdum, they, at some point within the last couple of years, actually, they decided that they were going to merge all of these universes into one thing. And they had a huge epic year long event that they did. Them. They, it, that's right. It was a big fight thing. Um, uh, what's, and with what's all the characters in, from um, all the stuff. In injustice, that's right. Right, it's like a just right. that's DC. So right, so they 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 meshed them all together, and then they re restarted the six one six world was all back to normal with some changes, and it's been pretty successful. Right, right. Uh, oh, if okay. anything, it was a it was a good opportunity, and if you could say the whole point of it was to get their dying ultimates line and get good characters that they actually had there into the main world, namely miles Morales and the new Wolverine. Um, so, or Wolverine son. 
so they they had a couple of those guys that came over um in into the new world uh nico i think was another one too uh so now, miles feel is like with peter but yeah. before you before you go to to yeah, rabbit trail too, i really don't like, want to go too deep in that but. i i feel like that concept that like dread pirate roberts kind of thing of the the superhero identity being more of a mantle or a yeah. or a title than a than an actual person is something that they appear to have made extensive use of in the actual comics but that um the the film world is still is still working on like i if, like I agree. i'm not a i'm not a comic reader and i've said that before but and I've watched all of the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, doesn't it seem... And I guess I guess it's not... Like, maybe that's a thing that you can do in movies. I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead before I complete my previous thought. Like, you go back to James Bond, right? James yeah. Bond was always James Bond, no matter how many times they changed the actor. There have been six now, right. I think. Maybe seven. Yeah. And it's always the same guy with the same story a different actor like doctor yeah. who um yeah except he's, they, they actually explain it in world in a yeah. way that nobody else bothers to do um right and in star trek when they rebooted the star trek universe they said okay it's alternate timeline like this guy comes back and he changes world and now kirk's life is different and spock's life is different and and all of that stuff, and now you can tell the con story except reverse it, even though it doesn't make any sense that way. Um, yeah. But in but in comic books, like, you can very easily say, what if a different guy has a different thing happen to him that makes him, you know, invent a glider and, and wear a suit and all of this, and now he's Batman instead of... Yeah. Yeah, um, Bruce and they Wayne. do do that. You're right. They do they, do that a lot. They do and it in for, the comics. Long of time. What? What? And again, I'm not a comic reader, but it feels like they do it in the comics a lot. And I played yeah, and, and read for, for long periods of time too. Yeah. I played and read the Injustice game, so I know that there are these alternate universes where, oh, here's one where Bruce and Martha Wayne die instead of um, uh, shoot, what's Thomas. dead? Thomas right. and Thomas. Thomas and Martha, and so now Thomas Wayne is Batman instead, right? Or yes. the various, you know, string of of Robins that that come through and whatever. But in the movies, yep. you're like, here's Peter Parker, and and guess what? Yeah, he's a new Peter Parker, but he's the same. Like I, I, I now I he now he hangs like... out with Iron Man instead of instead yeah. of you know whatever. And it, I'm like, I, I actually do have, they have a really to, they have to retell, and then the the normals are, you know, who I, I'm sort of a normal in that, except yeah, I yeah. can, I can take five minutes and hear somebody explain why in one series of comics, the webs are biological and in another series, they're <laughs> right, mechanical. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool, I guess. But I have to yeah. imagine like the majority of the audience after my rant last week about uh, Solo, the vast majority of the audience don't care. And so... They they're just they're just along for the ride, but I'm like you couldn't yeah you couldn't just make it a different dude like he's still Spider Man well, but he's a different I, I agree a different I, kid. I think that I think that they did well they you know they actually have done that they did that with the Hulk 
like it was Edward Norton. Edward Norton is canon. Like that that Hulk movie is the Marvel Cinematic but, Universe. But they just they just slipped Mark Ruffalo in there. And we're like, yeah, nope, this is this is Bruce Banner. It. Bruce Banner now, and also he yeah yeah they didn't the actually power. change the, the the thing. Uh, you're you're right, and I actually believe I have a strong belief and mark it down on whatever today's date is two six eleven two thousand eighteen where I make the prediction that it's not it's a pretty simple prediction everybody's making is that Marvel will do that. I think that's the way that they'll handle their aging out of of people. That these movies take ten years, right. and you're putting forty or fifty year old actors in, and they're like fifty, sixty by the time they're you know at a certain. Point. Oh yeah, I said and that you, after Infinity War. I'm like, I think the yeah. um, spoilers, not really spoilers, but at this <laughs> point, the the survivors' guilt of Tony Stark and and some of those other guys, Steve Rogers, will be such that yeah. they'll retire and. Some other yeah. people will take up those mantles. Exactly. And, and and that's what what you'll do is I think Marvel will take the opportunity to actually make Bucky cap, which happened in the in the, the, the <sighs> comics. What? Again, when you yeah, yeah, that's what they'll do. Um if, if I mean that they're totally happens, setting I'm him up for that. <laughs> they'll yeah, I, I I can't believe anyone better Steve Rogers and, and uh Chris. No, you gotta um, you gotta get he's, um he's you gotta get Carter. Uh um the oh. daughter. No, she's never actually been Captain America. But um, anyway, they'll definitely do do Bucky. They're setting him up with the whole like connection to Wakanda and everything. Um, but he he was a very wildly popular Captain America for several years in the comic books. Um, so that they'll they'll make that happen. And I do believe that that Marvel wants their shot at Peter Parker. They they want they you know they've never truly had their own shot at Peter Parker. And I bet you that was Kevin Feige's thing. Like, hey, I want to do this. Let's do the Peter Parker right. And then they picked a very young actor who will last for a long time. But as soon as he gets older, they will not. I don't think that they will reboot or do what Sony does every three to ten years and reboot the whole character again with a new actor. They'll they'll do the Miles thing. This is their they're a long term company, and they will keep Spider Man going as Peter Parker for a long time, and then they'll introduce Miles. Um, well, and it's which, it's also, a, you know, I we, we avoid getting political on this show, but the, the mantle concept is also a fairly effortless vehicle to introduce diversity into a genre that was created in, you know, the, the post-war yeah. America under a very white concept, let's Absolutely say. right. Right, white male, the whole time. Yes, dominated. yes. Right, and and comic books, in comic books, as throughout history, have not been so rigid. They have truly, um, I mean, you know, not as much as they could be, but there's still a lot of times they've gone through. And I know I happen to read um, the X Men comics now, and the leaders of all the teams are female, you know, of of color and different things. They they absolutely put diversity in their in their books throughout the whole thing. Um, there is it's uh, just LGBTQ Hollywood is behind, characters as usual. That's right. They're just behind. So that they, they have a lot of diversity in their stuff and they just need, and they will, but I don't think that Hollywood's behind. I just think that these movies take a while to get made and they still want to tell the stories that are good. And Marvel well, can yeah, say, we, and it's, we have a history. We're going to get there. Just take your time with it. You know, And it's, we, it's sort of, yeah. you know, it's sort of derogatory for me to say that Hollywood is behind Hollywood makes things that make money. You know, Absolutely. I, sure, I sure. referenced a couple weeks ago, um, geek scholar, Jill's, uh, Jill rule about yeah. how, um, 
I think the gist of it is sequels get lower reviews uh, from critics on, well, they're not reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but Rotten Tomatoes aggregates those averages. On average, sequels get poorer reviews from critics, but do yeah. as well or better in the box office. Um, right. Hollywood is all about... I'm going to say they're all about making money, but they're all about surviving, right? If your company yeah. that makes movies makes money and everybody involved in making that gets paid, then your company survives and you can make more movies, right? Like it's, movies, right? it's a, there's a level of necessity to that, to that whole thing. Um, as a sort of coincidental example, I've been reading a short autobiography by a guy who was a writer for Seinfeld on, okay. on Seinfeld, the, the sitcom. And yep. he's a, he's an actor who's like a, like he only does these like, not necessarily guest parts, but like he does these parts in TV shows that you never notice. He's like always the, the doorman or something. Okay. But he worked for a while as a staff writer on Seinfeld. And he's telling the story about how he met Larry David at a party and Larry was like, pitch me a, a couple of a couple of concepts for um, for Seinfeld, a couple of stories. And I, I haven't gotten through the whole the whole book yet, but um, they give him an offer. And as a as an entry level staff writer for Seinfeld, which has to be like in the 80s maybe maybe early 90s um his contract was 2000 a week for 40 weeks right so it's a contract okay. it's a contract job but that's still 50 dollars an hour as yeah. an as an entry level staff writer where if if any of his ideas get used in actual episodes, he doesn't make any extra money. Right. So like, he's just there as a guy pitching and writing ideas in his TV show 30 years ago. And that's right. the kind of money that was being spent then. Anyway, that's just an example of like the money that's involved. So Hollywood is all about, is all about surviving. They're all about marketing. And so for, decades they've been making movies that cater to the broadest uh, broadest is the wrong word but the the largest possible demographic because you know, to a certain extent minority groups or women or again I'm, I don't want to be political but um, groups that are not like us white white males are still going to go see Captain America and um, Iron Man and all of those other movies dominated by white male protagonists and heroes. And yeah. the film studios still make money. So you have to, to an extent, you do have to make a concerted effort to sort of break those trends because in Hollywood, it's all about the... Lowest common denominator doesn't seem like the right word, but it's it's about like the easiest path to the broadest audience, which means like 
remaking old stories, telling sequels to successful movies, stuff that is not adventurous or all right. that interesting, but gets ticket sales out and butts in the well, seats. Well, I, th- I think Marvel Marvel will do. They they have the um, the success in their comics to show that these things, these kind of diverse things, and these changes are what people want, and that's what they are. And I know that they that they will bring that same kind of thing over to the the cinematic universe. But but their thing is is that um, why why ru- one why rush to use everything we can with what we have. Mm, and if you yeah. see Marvel in twenty years from now, you, it'll look completely different than what it does now. And they will have told as many great Captain America Steve Rogers stories as they they can, as many Miles Morales stories as they can, and as many as you know. Well, Whoever, yeah, and uh, and Kamala we Khan's, and we yeah. talked about we talked about the fatigue. You know, they are not, um, you know, go back to James Bond. Like James Bond did in the in the in the sixties, they did Sean Connery, uh, Roger Moore, misogynistic womanizer James Bond. Yeah, they moved into the nineties and they made M a woman, Judy Dench, and she was great. And Pierce Brosnan was very good for his first couple movies. And, and you know, they, they sort of pivoted and then sort of rode that same pivot until they got uh, whichever one that was with uh, with Halle Berry, where they're chasing a car with a satellite laser. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ridiculousness. Yeah. And then, you know, some time went by and they pivoted again to um, Daniel Craig. They went back to kind of an older 60s aesthetic, but in a way that was not offensive like the original ones would be if you made them today. Yeah. And and that was really good. And then the same kind of thing, like the, they just got gradually, I didn't even see Spectre, but they just got gradually less good. They got gradually worse from that time yeah. where Marvel and Disney, whoever's involved in those decisions, seems to be better able to like keep pivoting without a big break of like, Oh, well this is just consistently not consistently, but progressively making less money. Um, we need to just put it on hold for a while and maybe later, you know, somebody will come in with a new great idea. Like they made the first two Thor movies, which probably did okay. Not great. And then right. just a couple years later, made Ragnarok, which is very different in tone and characterization for, um, for Thor, and to great success. Yeah, they 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 have the thing is that they have they have uh, the capability and the experience. The big words experience there of, of how to handle yeah. things that that you know in the comic book you try something. You put a character in as this as this leader for this party for a while, and you realize, you know what, sales don't ma- don't do well. Even though we want to have, you know, for whatever reason, we want to have try this character as the leader of the X Men. Well, n- you know what, people stop buying the books. Okay, well now we have experience that that doesn't work, and this one does. Or we tried a new character, and they're kind of a B list character, but they had great stories. Mm-hmm. So we can take that experience into the big screen. And they've just got they've just got so much, you know, almost a hundred years of uh, experience with telling stories of, with of characters, back catalog and and experience. And the important lesson yeah. with that, I think, is that 
um, the, the, the lesson of Iron Man is that the popularity of the original source material comics doesn't really matter that much. It, you're right, right? Like, except like except that there, there's a Superman, reason that they were right that they were popular at least somewhat. Well, like, sure, yeah. Uh, Iron it, Man it, was a to B list to the extent he was that B and not a, an yeah to to the extent that you know if a story was popular in one medium, it should still be popular in another if you can still tell it. Yes, in in a way that's appropriate to that medium. Like you don't tell a book story the same way in a movie in a tv show that's why game of thrones the tv show is very different from game of thrones the book you know some yeah. of the most awkward some of the most awkward dialogue in the first season of game of thrones is word for word verbatim out of the book and i'm like oh <laughs> that's weird why? you would think that the opposite is true but when you see actual peter dinklage delivering those lines you're like what is this, this is written really awkwardly it just doesn't work right, right. um but same is true of of comic books and, and other things, but like Batman and Superman are, are popular, not necessarily because the comics are popular. Everybody knows Batman from, you know, from Adam West, from Michael Keaton, from yeah, other right. visual medium. Like there are billions of people who know who Batman is, who have never picked right. up a comic book. Right. The, the, the worst, the worst thing that Hollywood or, any TV or film thing ever did for uh, their their characters that had anything to do with the comic book is to not realize that they're more than a one note thing. That there's sure. the, the the fact that you have you know a Steve Rogers from literally the the literal 1930s or 40s uh, that had stories all the way since then, but you can only tell one story. Or a Spider Man that was had one story in the 1960s that the these producers and film studios didn't realize that oh you mean there's a different story besides the one then <laughs> that he came from krypton there's there's more stories well the, you know, and and the interesting thing, the thing to me about steve rogers is um that idea we talked about last week about highlander like the idea of a character not not so much out of time but like with a real lived perspective on a historical period is interesting to me and I'm sure it is yeah. interesting to other people. Like, it's interesting right. to see a guy who was raised in World War II sensibilities try to live and adapt to the ethics and morals of the present day. Like, that's interesting. Right. And, I, and I'm on record as saying that, that Chris Evans and Captain America are my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe characters of all. So I, I really enjoy that. Uh, but so. bring, bring it back so. up because we're running out of time I, here. I always exclude... Um, tony stark because it feels like it's too easy to say tony is your favorite like it's oh no i i like cap over him and chris pretty much because he, he just embodies that uh but bring it back to what we had started with the i did want to say that that spider verse thing if our listeners are listening it into the spider verse is something worth worth looking and if we we kind of got under the idea of this this diversity and changing up characters miles is so well done in this trailer that he is a completely independent Spider-Man. Uh, and all of a sudden you get excited about a couple of things when they show Gwen at the end. Um, and you're like, Spider oh, Gwen. this, yeah. And you're like, oh, this, this is, this is it. This is a whole new different spider. It's not a different take on Spider-Man. It's a different Spider-Man for a different. What, what does Miles generation. say when she shows up? I mean, he's like, 
uh, what, I can't remember. He's like, what's up with all the Spider-Man? He was like, save it for Comic-Con. And then he That's right. That's right. Right. Nick Miller. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, whenever that so comes good. out, I'm going to find it. I'll watch it. We'll talk about yeah, it. That, you know what? That's, that's, a car, that's, a, that's an animated thing. I could go to the theater and watch. Like Whoa. that trailer got me that jazzed up for it. That bold I words. Actually, it is bold word, right? That seems like it'd be a Netflix <laughs> one that I'd watch. But you know, if that trailer was any indication that then I would, I would definitely watch that. So you should, you should yeah. watch that one. Yeah. Check it out. Check <sighs> it out. All right, well, man. Before we go, before we go, we skipped this last week and I, and I want to, let's make a quick five minute talk of good news, everyone. Yeah. We, we almost went right. We almost went right past that. So I know we can't. Mine, mine is really dumb. Uh, well, okay. So we'll start out with the the actual good news. Difficulties and C sections aside, eighteen puppies out of two mothers is is fairly good numbers. Right. So so yep. that's awesome for them. My um, nieces and nephew from actually all of my nieces and one nephew <laughs> there are there are mm-hmm. five nieces and and one nephew now so far uh are staying here at mom and dad's which is chaos if you heard any background behind me they're upstairs they were upstairs watching the incredibles earlier very oh, loud no matter new, how many new, new ones no matter how soon. many texts i sent to my sister and brother like hey can you guys turn it down turn it down a little keep bit it, please, it <laughs> please it's a little loud um they're here and it's it's noisy and crazy but that's awesome um, family, family. My my dumb good news is uh, I bought a bunch more accessory crap for Lord of the Rings living card game. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, I got I got some of those BCW uh, white cardboard fold up boxes you always see magic cards in. Um, yeah. Because I want to put the the cycles and the expansions in separate boxes we, instead of instead of trying to get one. It one massive box that some people do i'm like i don't want to carry this game around as a briefcase like if i go somewhere i'm like oh let me just pull the dwarf expansion and cycle and the player cards and i'll be good to go so i got that and a bunch of dividers and i spent yesterday afternoon uh designing is too strong of a word but photoshopping together uh labels to put on those tabs so that i can make a cool looking organization system we 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 almost broke the cycle of lord of the of rings not talking about that a whole episode right um we almost did oh, by, so close. By, ne- by next week i should have that done and printed out and i'll put a picture up nice. on the show notes uh so my good news is uh that you know I, I i've been having a lot of good feel good times here lately with with uh, family and friends and things like that and, and i and i guess they cover that over um being able to to spend some some good time with some new friends that i have and uh um, you know, getting to know new people is awesome. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of us, uh, geeky type people can be, uh, stuck in ourselves sometimes and it's difficult to get out there and reach out. But when you find new friends and be able to spend time with that and, and old friends that you get, you haven't seen in a while. So, uh, I, I know I got to spend some time with a friend of mine and when I mentioned that she came and helped me out with, with my vehicle, um, and get to see, you know, someone you hadn't seen in a while and talk and have a good time. Uh, so those are, those are definitely good things for everybody to have. And I got to have that a couple times this week with that. And then we got to play games with, um, uh, on my Tuesday night group, again, talk about good news with good friends. You get to spend time. I got to spend time with, with my buddy, Bill, who was here last week for the show. 
And um, then uh, Tuesday Night Group was uh, a different kind of thing where we all got to play instead of our season one, season two pandemic. And we had spaghetti and meatballs, which did not sit well with me on my own thing. Um, but it's great <laughs> being able to have that, you know, have those kind of bonds and friendships. And uh, so I had a really good friend week. I guess I'd say that. Uh, nice. And, and nice. moving with that one. Everybody should. Other, and I, I did. The other quasi good news and nobody but very small section of our friends will will know this but the multiplayer factorio game that we started last week <gasps> got got to the point of launching yep. the rocket i think zon did most of the work there i helped him out quite a bit last week before the the puppy scare puppy situation took <laughs> me took all of my energy away and i was like yeah right. i can't get i can't get back on that game i just don't have time i didn't get enough sleep he, he, i wonder did he push the rocket all by himself on the thing or did he did he wait for anyone else to get on with them i'm i'm sure he did it himself he's not uh, (laughs) he's just like i'm done i'm ready to go not ceremonial like that it's three o'clock in the morning i'm just pushing the button all right man well we'll save the uh we'll save the games based on ips topic for next week uh sounds like fun the only other thing i was going to say is i picked up a new mobile game called the room i don't know if you've heard Mm. of this Oh, I have. Okay, it's one of those puzzle games, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of like a it's a little bit mist inspired. Yes. If you remember that from yes, back in the yes. day, I was I, I was on my iPad and I'm like, I want a game that's not a money funnel. So let me look at the games that are not free and and get one of these and try it out. I I only played it a couple times and it's one of those like, uh, what clue am I missing here kind of thing. But um, it's it's it seems cool so far. Yeah, I think. All right, man. I think that's uh. That's us. That's that's enough. We, it's it's always the always the case when we're like, man, we got nothing to talk about that we go long. <laughs> no, we can talk about anything on this show. We can make it happen. Helps if I go off on Hollywood diversity for eight, <laughs> eight straight minutes. We got it. All right, you you good? You got anything? I got else? it. No, we're good. We, we saved lives tonight, and there's people alive lives. today because of our show. It's true. And that makes true. me feel better about going next week. You have been listening to The Front Porch, episode 42, the ultimate, Ooh, 42. ultimate answer. Special right. thanks, as always, to our friends over at Geek Scholars Movie News. Our website is frontporchpodcast.com. If you go there, you can find show notes and links for this episode, along with our contact information. We love hearing from listeners. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are found. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, that helps us out a lot. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Good night, everybody. Have a good week. Night, guys. Night, guys.